Hosanna just means fervent, intense proclamation, adoration. It's, uh, if you look it up in Strong's, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's not a weak, it's not a weak thing. Whenever they hollered out Hosanna, they hollered it. They weren't like, yippee. No, there wasn't no yippee. They were, this, they, this is the soon, this is the king. This is the king. And, and today's the day that we celebrate his entry into Jerusalem. And uh, it's, it's interesting that on Sunday, you know, a week before his resurrection, on Sunday he's riding into town and they're worshiping in there. Hosanna, son of David. And they're, they're hollering and they're, they're calling him the Messiah. And then five days later, they're yelling, crucify him. I mean, I know people change. And it's easy for us, it's easy for me to think, those idiots. But how many of y'all know, how many of y'all have ever had a great time on Sunday? And on Monday, you're full of doubt. Boy, you're full of faith on Sunday. Faith is the victory, and I'm an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But by Wednesday, you doubt if even God exists. You say, where are you? I don't even hear you. Are you even real? Are you out there? Is there anybody in there? Not if you can hear me. Is there anyone home? And, and, and so we all do that, right? I think it's easy to, 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 to throw the first stone and think of people. How could they sing Hosanna to him on Sunday? And yet many times in our own lives, what we have, we're so full of faith. But how many of y'all know God's only pleasure is to be believed and his only pain is to be doubted? God's only pleasure is to be believed. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth looking to show himself strong on behalf of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The eyes of the Lord, they go to and fro looking to show himself strong to those that, what, that love him. His only pleasure is to be believed. Who will believe me? Who will believe that I offer forgiveness? Who will believe that I offer peace? Who will believe that I offer grace? Who will believe that I'm good? Who believes that, the, that, that my, my mercies are new every morning? His only pleasure is to be believed. And his only pain is to be doubted. It, it, his pain. His pain is, is that we don't adequately that, that we don't believe him like we should, that we doubt. So we've all been there, right? So, but today's a good day, right? Today's Palm Sunday, and we celebrate, and we holler, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lord, to the Lord God in the highest. And I, I want to read this passage here. And we're kind of, we were doing this home life series, but I really felt like I should talk about Palm Sunday. I had a, a, a dream. Uh, I, I guess it wasn't a dream. I woke up, maybe it was like four o'clock in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep, believe it or not. So I was just laying there. But as I was laying there, I just got a picture of Jesus riding a donkey, side saddle, riding into Jerusalem. And I just started to get the picture of, of that day. And I don't always do that. You know, most of us don't think about Palm Sunday unless it's Palm Sunday. I mean, I don't talk about most of it. Most, most of us, we, we don't. But as I was laying there and then I fell back asleep and I woke up again and I just had that picture again of Jesus riding side saddle on a donkey. I don't know if he was side saddle, but that's the way I saw it. And he had coats over the, over the donkey and he's sitting on it. And the kids and the people, they're waving their palms and they're hollering, Hosanna, Hosea, Hosanna, son of David. And they're worshiping and they're, they're worshiping him. So I felt like I, I should just get up and study along those lines and, and look at this story this morning. And uh, 
there's a couple of things I really want to look at concerning this. The first one is, is, is the donkey. Kind of weird. And then the other one is, is the palms. Everybody look at your palms. I mean, I know these are the real palms. These are the real, these are the real palms. And I mean, I know the good thing is you carry these everywhere you go. You know, my wife had me out in the backyard with a chainsaw. And we, we live on the river, you know, and the water's up to your, to your knees. Not, not your knees, but, you know, it's my, my, my socks were soaking wet. But I'm out there with a chainsaw, and she's like, cut this one. Okay. And it falls over. She's like, cut this one. And finally, I just, I'm just going like, I'm just mowing down palms. I'm like, get what you want. I'm done. The master's on. I mean, I watch the masters. I'm done. I'm done cutting these palms. She's out there gathering them up, you know, to, to, to put all this stuff. But, but one of the things that real, really the Lord impressed upon me is that, is that these are your real palms. These are the palms that God's the most interested in. So Palm Sunday is really not about plants. It's really not. Uh, and, and God's not opposed to you being around palms. How many of y'all like palm trees? How many of y'all like going places where the wind blows in palm trees? How many of y'all just want to let Calgon take you away right now? <laughs> take me away, Calgon. Take me away. Sail away. I mean, I, oh. I've been to Hawaii. It's nice, man. The palm trees blow. We've been some beautiful places. We've been, you know, you go to Belize or Honduras or Cozumel or, or my wife, she likes the beach, right? She likes those palm trees. And to sit under those palm trees and to hear the waves crash. I mean, I wish you were there right now. Yes, yes, yes. Many times I've sat under those trees, and we like to watch International House Hunters. How many of you ever seen that show? Maybe you watch International, yes, thank y'all. You watch International House Hunters, and they, they you know, they're these, this little couple, they sell everything in Dallas, and they're moving to Honduras. And man, you can get a lot in Honduras, man, for like 100000 You're like, golly, they're on the beach in Destin. It'll cost you a million to be. You can be in Honduras. And, and, and I just picture myself out there with, with a beach bod and like a, like a wetsuit and a spear gun. How many of you have ever seen yourself out there before? And I can just see me coming out of the water with a lobster in one hand and a spear gun in the other hand and, and eating prawns. And scallops. And, and there's been times that we would sit there and I told my wife, I said, babe, we could sell everything. We could go to hunters. We could go to police. We could raise those kids with the pretty skin. The little, little white butts and brown skin running down the beach collecting sand dollars. Oh, how wouldn't that be great? And we sat on those beaches and we thought, oh, oh. And I thought, Lord. Could we just sell it all and, and move down here to the palm trees? And you know what he always says? No. <laughs> he always, I'm waiting for him to say yes. The Lord says, I'll bring you back every year. But I want your palms on the plow. If your palms will be on the plow and you won't look back, then I'll bring you to these places. And you can sit under the tree, but your butt is going home. Your butt is going home. So Palm Sunday, as much as, as much as we love all of that, you know, I love all of that stuff. The real palms, you have palms connected to your arms. 
And I believe that, 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 there's, that there's purpose in them, that they're, that they're for praise, right? And you don't have to go cut them out of your backyard. They're for you to, 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 to give him adoration, to give him praise, to honor him, to worship him. So I want to look at this passage in Matthew chapter 21, 1 through 11. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then I'm going to give you four things that the Lord gave me about Palm Sunday, that what it's really about. It's not about plants. Not about plants. It's about so much more. Verse number one, it says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and they came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. You can read these accounts in all four Gospels. One of them says that there'll be uh, a donkey that had never been ridden, brand new, untamed, unproven donkey. He says, And I want you to bring her, loose them, And bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say to them, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. And all this was done that it may be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly, and he's sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and they brought the donkey and the colt. They laid their clothes on him and they set him on them. And then a very great multitude spread out their clothes on the road. What a picture. Can you imagine people taking their clothes off, putting it down so Jesus could ride across their clothes? It says others cut down branches, palm branches from the trees, spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed, what did I say blessed? Blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he. This is what we're supposed to be saying, blessed is he. I mean, I know lots of times we want blessing from he, right? We want a blessing from thee, but really it's not what they're saying. They're not looking for a blessing from him. They're giving a blessing to him. They're calling him blessed. God, you're blessed. God, you're blessed. You're blessed. Blessed just means empowered. Blessed, there's actually a ton of words that that I don't have time to get into what blessed actually means. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he came into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. All the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from from Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray before we get into the word this morning. God, we thank you for the reading of your word. God, it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. God, we pray we see something we've never seen before about you, about your magnificence, about your glory, about your splendor. God, we call you blessed. God, we say blessed is he who comes in the highest. Blessed are you, creator of heaven and earth, Lord of hosts, King of kings, Lord of lords, the Lion of Judah. God, you're the prince Peace, you're the soon coming king, our soon coming king. God, we honor you. We love you today on Palm Sunday. God, we say Hosanna to you in the highest, son of David. God, we thank you. We ask you to have mercy on us. God, we love you, honor you, worship you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. A few things the Lord gave me about uh, Palm Sunday, and I'm going to read back through some of this uh, uh, again. 
But some of this I'm just going to have to read to you because I don't have time to, to do it a different way. And I don't always uh, read my messages. But there's some real uh, key things I felt like the Lord wanted me uh, to, to give you. Uh, one, one of the things the Lord said to me is that this, well, as I was laying there in my bed, I'm watching Jesus uh, in, the, in my imagination. I mean, I know your imagination is powerful. I mean, I know most of the times we use it negatively, right? We imagine the worst that can happen. But I believe God gave us an imagination not so that you can dream about winning the lotto. Yeah. Have you ever done that before? I remember being in Bible college dreaming about winning the lotto. And I was telling the Lord all the things I could do with the money if he would just let me win the lotto. <laughs> Back then, you know, it was like you'd get up to like 90 million or whatever. And I actually wasn't buying tickets. So I don't know how I was supposed to win the lottery. <laughs> it would have been like immaculate conception for sure if I would have won the lotto. But I would imagine, oh God, if, you, if I could do I could buy this and I could support this and I could do all that stuff. And but but So we use our imagination to... To daydream, and we use our imagination a lot of times negatively. But but here in this instance, God was just painting a picture of this story for me. And as I was watching Jesus ride this donkey, uh, uh, he he asked me. He he just told me. He said, "There's he says there's something that I need from you to fulfill my assignment." You know, God Jesus needed that donkey. He needed. He needed that. And if you think about a donkey, a donkey is not, it's, it's not the most luxurious animal. How many of you have ever been around a donkey? How many of you know they call, the, how many of you all know the other name for a, for a donkey? It's a jackass. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Some of y'all scared you. If you read King James, that's what he's called, right? He's called an ass. He's called a jackass is what he's called. It's not the most luxurious animal. How many of you know? He's not, he didn't come in on a stallion. And just see Jesus with like flowing hair and, and you know a sword in his hand and wings coming out of his horse. No, that's not the way he came riding in. He came in on a donkey and it was a borrowed donkey. So the Lord just pitted the question to me. He says, uh, the, 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 he, he, he says, there's things that you have that I need to fulfill my assignment. Will you give them to me? So that's the question that I pose to you is, is this morning is what do you have that Jesus needs to fulfill his assignment on the earth? And will you give it to him? You can imagine here if Jesus tells these guys, he says, he says, I want you guys to go ahead and you're going to see a, a donkey, a mama donkey and a baby donkey that's never been ridden before. And I want you to go up there and I want you to untie those donkeys and I want you to bring them to me. And if anybody says anything to you, you tell them the Lord needs them. And we read that kind of flippantly. But how many of y'all know that if I rolled up at your house, if I came to John's house today, John's got a boat out front. John's got his four-wheeler out front. And I start hooking up that four-wheeler to the back of my truck. And John comes out and says, whoa, 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 whoa. And I don't even know John. What are you doing? And I just said, the Lord has need of it. <laughs> you know, I think John's going to let it go. I mean, I think John's just going to just give me the blessing of the Lord and just say, go in the name of the Lord and <laughs> live long and prosper. No, John's going to call the law, right? John's going to call somebody. He's going to say, yeah, there's a nuthead out here in my front yard. He's taking my four-wheeler saying the Lord needs it to ride into Jerusalem or something. Come, come, get, come get this guy right here. And yet, that's exactly what happened. 
Jesus sends these guys to a colt that's never been ridden. He goes and gets his donkey. And he says, if anybody says anything to you, you say, you say the Lord needs it. So again, the question is, is, is one of the things Palm Sunday is about, and I gave you some blanks there. It's not, about, it's not about palms. It's not about plants. It's about possessions. Palm Sunday is really about possessions, about what do you possess that God needs and that you're willing to let go of. If you ask the Lord, you say, God, what is it that you need from me? Is it talent? Is there talent that, that you could give him to fulfill his assignment on the earth? And would you let it go? If it's money, would you let it go? If it's your time, if it's your service, whatever it is. There's certain things clearly Jesus needs from us to do his assignment. How many of y'all know Jesus had the power to have a donkey float down out of the sky? He could have. He could have had like a unicorn donkey come down with wings. And, and him get on it. And the wings disappear. And the horn go in its head. And him go in his way. How many of y'all know that's not how it went down? He required his, 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 his guys. He required his guys to, to go ahead of him and be obedient. How many of know if you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to have to be obedient? I mean, I know he'll ask you to do some unusual things sometimes. Unusual things. You have to be obedient. I mean, I know if you're going to serve the Lord, you have to be bold. It takes a lot of guts to go up in somebody's yard and start untying their stuff. It takes a lot of guts to go up in people's yard you don't know and start taking off their livestock. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of, lot of boldness to, to obey God. It takes a lot of boldness to step out there and do something that's outside of your comfort zone. It takes a lot of boldness. It takes a lot of obedience. How many of y'all know He will test your obedience? He will. I can tell you after serving the Lord now uh, for, for a while, for a little bit, He will test your obedience and He'll challenge you to be bold. But Palm Sunday, it's about possessions. It's about, God, it's about you asking the hard question. God, is there anything that you need from me to fulfill your assignment? Is there anything that you need from me so that the city can see him in the way that he is? So that he has transportation into that city? Is there anything that, that I have that you need so that the, the, the will of God can be done in, in my surroundings, in my family, in my church, in my city? It, it, what, what is it? that you need a couple things the lord the, the lord gave to me about it is god uses unproven insignificant foolish things to accomplish his plans he says i want you to go get an unproven animal i don't know if you've ever ridden an unbroken horse before have you ever ridden an unbroken donkey before i would not recommend it right donkeys are they're kickers they're biters Right, and this is a this is one that had never been ridden before. Insignificant animal, unproven animal, and yet it's that's what Jesus needed to get him from point A to point B. How many of us feel insignificant? We feel unproven. We feel untested. We feel unqualified. I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not qualified to, I, I, I can't help. I can't do that. I'm not trained. How many of y'all know he didn't ride in on a trained stallion? That's not, the, that's not what he came in on. He came in on an unproven, insignificant jackass. Come on, can we, be, can we be honest? That's what he came in at. All ain't all, right? They're donkeys for a reason, right? Most people, most people don't. Have you ever been to the rodeo before? 
Have you ever seen them riding in on donkeys? No, you're not going to, right? They're insignificant. They're unproven. And yet they're what God needed. That's what he needed. So whatever you have, you say it's insignificant. It doesn't matter. I mean, I know the woman that put two pence in the offering. She put two pennies in the offering. And God said she outgave all of you because she gave out of need. She gave out of what she had. The woman with the alabaster box, she came and she broke it on Jesus' feet. She wept and she cleaned his feet with her tears. That was something very significant. It was a year's worth of wages she dumped on Jesus' feet. And yet she got the same, they got the same reward. God's not just looking for significance. He's really looking at, he's looking at what do you possess? And will you let go of it? Whatever it is, will you let go of it? What's insignificant to you can become the vehicle that God uses to introduce the king to the crowd. What's insignificant to you can become the vehicle that God uses to introduce our king to the crowd. The people that are used by God are the ones who are willing to be used by God. Everybody wants to be used by God. Really, all he's looking for is willingness. It's all he's looking for. So Palm Sunday is not about plants. It's about our possessions. It's about, God, what do I have that you need to accomplish your purpose? The second thing is that, that it's about is about our praise. Not about plants. It's about our praise. They went before him hollering, Hosanna, 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 son of David, son of David. Every person in here, you have palms connected to your hands. That's why we, we lift up our hands. God, we look at our hands and say, God, God well, what do I have in these hands? What, what do you want me to do with these hands? The Lord, the Lord gave it to me. I was, I was praying up here this week and uh, I was lifting my voice. And the Lord, he says, if you'll lift your voice to me, I'll lift your voice. You'll lift, no, he says, he says, if you'll lift your voice, I'll lift your voice. In other words, I think a lot of times in our families, we say, well, she don't respect me, or he doesn't love me, or he doesn't this. But if we'll lift our voice to God, he'll lift our voice in our community. He'll lift our influence in our homes. My kids, they don't listen to me. My kids are this. My kids are that. But if we'll lift our voice to him, he'll lift our voice. He'll cause people to hear us. He'll cause people to see us. He'll cause people to recognize the grace of God upon our life. But, but really, we have to lift up our voice to him, right? We have, to, we have to call him and we have to see him the way that he is. We have to put him on that. We have to elevate him. We have to magnify him and make him bigger. And as we do that, as we lift up our voice, God, I'll lift my voice to you. He'll lift. He says, I'll lift your voice. I'll lift your voice in your home. I'll lift your voice amongst your community and your kids. And it's not vain glory, right? We're not seeking vain glory. It has nothing to do with vain glory. It's about Him. It's always about Him. God, it's always about you. God, so, so our praise. Come on, it's not about plants. It's about praise. It's about us taking our palms and, and worshiping Him. It's about us, our palms, putting them to the plow, honoring Him, loving Him. That's what it's all about, right? That, that's it. The third thing that it's about is it's about His presence. If you, if you study the backstory, there's millions of people that have come into the city for Passover. They're coming in for, for a great festivity. They're coming in to, to have a party, to celebrate Passover. And as they're coming in, they're coming in by the droves, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. They're all coming into Jerusalem for this, for this celebration. And unbeknownst to them, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? The King of glory has, has saddled a donkey, an insignificant vehicle, and yet he's riding into their presence. Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that, that God got on a donkey for me. 
Come on, and he rode through the valley of the shadow of death, and he found me, right? He came on, the, on, on, on something seems small or seems insignificant, but God, he found me. He took me out of the clay. He established my goings. Come on, it's about his presence. In him, we live and move and have our being. By him, he was created. In him, we exist. It's all about him. Palm Sunday is about us praising him, about us welcoming his presence. It's about him, uh, us offering our possessions, it says, the more you give God, this is so good. I was riding down the road. This is just a couple days ago. He says, the more of you that you'll give me, the more of me you'll get. Really good. So the more of you that you'll give me, the more of me you'll get. Come on, we all want more of God, right? That's what we say. We all say, God, I want more of you, or God bless me, or God help me, or God, 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 whatever. You know, we all put requests on God. But God here, he says, listen, the more of you that you give me, the more of me you're going to get. I mean, I think that's a good deal. I mean, I think that's a great deal, right? God, I just pour myself out and let you pour into me. I mean, I know we have to empty ourselves out in order to contain him. Right? That's why he wants us to cast our care upon him, cast our worry upon him. Because we have to empty ourselves of ourselves so that we can be containers for him. And I think the great misconception of Christianity is people think that to be a Christian, you say a prayer at the end of a service. Brother, that is, that's a long way from Christianity. Christianity is, is, is us decreasing and him increasing. That's really what Christianity, Christianity is, is us, us learning to give him more and then in return, him giving us more, right? We give him more of ourselves and then he gives more of ourselves to him because we, we, we all want things from God, but it, the, the best way that you can receive from God is by getting close to God. Say that one more time. Some of these things I'm, I'm trying to help you. I feel like the Lord really wants to help people. Because I think a lot of times we come to God trying to get him to give us things. But all we're wanting is things. And that doesn't work with him. If you need healing, get close to the healer. If you need healing, people, they beg God for healing. God's not holding healing from you. If you need healing, get close to the healer. He tells you where it's at. The woman with the issue of blood, the blood that went through the crowd said, if I could just get next to him if I can just touch him the centurion said I've got a servant that's at home dying she's dead speak the word only come on that the, these people they understood that, that to get what we're wanting from God it's not just trying to get what we're wanting from God whatever you want from God if you'll get close to the giver you'll get from the giver Right? If you want a blessing, get close to the blesser. If you want a healing, get close to the healer. If you need joy because you're depressed, get close. In his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand. You know, that's pretty close. Most people are trying to receive from God long distance. Why? Because they feel like that's easy. But they don't get any results. And then we blame God for not getting results. I mean, you know, God doesn't want to get the blame for us not getting results. 
If you need these things, get close to who has these things. Right? So, so, so well, whatever you need, you're just, you're learning. Oh, the Lord said healing. Oh, I just have to read it to you. If I can find where I wrote it. There it is. Healing doesn't come from a prayer. It comes from proximity. It comes from your position. Healing doesn't come from a prayer. And I'm happy to pray for people. And I do pray for people. I pray for, I'm always, and, and people need their, their bills met or they need certain things from God. And they get really desperate. And God responds to desperation. Some, he does. He's a good parent. He's a good father. He, he is. He responds in all different types of ways. And you can't always figure him out. But there's a lot of things you can figure out about him. But the way he gave it to me is that healing doesn't just come from a prayer. It comes from proximity. That if you'll get close to him, then you draw from him. The moment that woman touched him, Jesus felt virtue go out of himself. And he turned in the press and he said, who touched me? And his disciples said, Jesus, everybody's touching you. They're all thronging you. They're beating on you. And he says, yeah, but somebody touched me. I felt virtue go out of me. So just casually running into Jesus obviously doesn't work because there were many there who were, who were in Jesus's realm but they weren't close enough to him but if we can ever get our proximity to him if we can ever get at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore right if you need peace get to the prince of peace right? hook up with him he's the prince of it it all comes from him if you need mercy because you keep falling you keep dealing with temptation and stuff like that uh, sure, you can go to rehab and you can deal with addiction and stuff like that. But if you're bound, you really need to get, you get to the person who brings freedom, right? You attach yourself to him at all costs. You attach yourself to him. Your palms laying hold <laughs> to him, the grip of death, right? It, whatever, whatever it is that we need. Come on, Palm Sunday is not about plants, it's about proximity. It's about, it's about what, what do we have. It's about our praise. It's about, his, it's about his presence. And then the last one is it's about position. His position and your position. His position, your position. What, what, what's your position before him? Their position is that they had these palms, right? And they're, they're, they're the, the, the posture of their of their body in those moments was their hands were doing something, their mouth was doing something, their heart was doing something. There was a cry for him. Man, they, they positioned themselves before him. And then his position was he came lowly. He came humble. How many of y'all glad that he came in the way that he came? He came accessible. He's so accessible to you and I. He, he's, he's incredibly accessible. That Wherever you're at, if you, you came into church this morning, you say, man, I've been in church a long time. I've been in church a long time. And, or, or you say, oh, I don't know anything about God. I don't know anything about this. Listen, you're in good company. He didn't come on some white horse. He came in a manner that, that you could identify with. 
He came riding lowly, meek of heart. And, and he came in, in, a, in a form that, that, that you and I, we can hook up with him. That, that he wants us to hook up with him. Last verse I'll give you, Psalms 118. Whenever we started in our, our, we, 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 we started the whole service. And then as, as I read in, in Matthew, they're saying, bless, bless, bless. That, that they're, they're blessing the Lord. And many times we want blessings from the Lord. How many of y'all want blessings from the Lord? I do. Lord, bless me, bless my wife, bless my kids, bless my home, bless my finances, bless my body, bless this, bless that, bless that. But, but the blessing that we want from God really is in proportion to the blessing that we give to God. Do, do, we, do we see Him the right way? Do we bless Him the right way? Do, do the fruit of our lips magnify the Lord? Are, are we doing our part and if we'll do our part, I guarantee you, he will do his part. If you, if you read the last verse, I gave it to you. It's in your worship guide. It's in Psalms 118. And I'm going to read 26 and 27. I just gave you 20, 28 and 29, your worship guide. But, but verse number 26, it says, bless. Everybody say bless. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. God, we bless you. God, I bless you. God, I'm not here on church. Uh, the big misconception about church, God, is that we're here to get a blessing from you. Listen, we come to your house to bring you a blessing. Right? So many times people get in praise and worship and they're saying, Lord, touch me, Lord. And, and, and I believe the Lord says, I, I, I will, but really I'm... I'm Real praise and worship is what we give him, not what he gives us. Right? Real praise and worship is whenever we say, God, I bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. We bless you. We do it. The Lord is God shining upon us. How I many of you know he wants to shine on you? In other words, if we'll bless him adequately, he'll shine on us. He'll shine us. Take the sacrifice, bind it with the cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Boy, there's a lot of stuff in there that, that the psalmist David was doing. How I many of y'all think the psalmist David got results? Pretty significant person in history and in the kingdom of God. How I many of y'all know he was pretty flawed? How I many of y'all know he was pretty, pretty imperfect? He had, some, he had some problems, right? I mean, he murdered a, a man for his wife. Well, I mean, that's, that's a National Enquirer type stuff. I mean, I mean that's, on the, that's, that's on the cover of People. People magazine. I mean, that's true court TV right there. I mean, there's pretty, pretty significant charges that he, that he admitted to. I mean, he was not a perfect individual. But how many of y'all know that God comes in sometimes on insignificant, unproven donkeys? And he'll use insignificant, unproven vehicles to introduce himself to the crowd. And you may be here and you feel like, yeah, I'm, un, I'm insignificant or I'm unproven. Listen, I, I can, I'm here to tell you, he'll use you to introduce himself to the crowd. And David here, he says, I bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be 
in my mouth. I make my boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, and we could go on and on and on about an insignificant, flawed animal that God used to bless the world in the psalmist David. Come on, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for participation. And as we stand, as we enjoy and we celebrate Palm Sunday, right? You're going to get your palms as you leave. Come on, the, the thing I felt like the Lord wanted me to give you is it's not about plants. Come on, it's about possessions. It's about praise. It's about position. And it's about his presence. He wants to come saddle any means necessary. Any means necessary. He'll, he'll take any means necessary to ride through the valley of the shadow of death. To come into your life and to deliver you. To help you. To put a song in your mouth. A song in your heart. And, and, but our response is, is, God, we bless you. And God, if there's anything that I, that I have that you need, God, I'll loose it and I'll let it go. I'll loose it and I'll let it go. I'll loose that thing. I'll let it go. God, I'll loose that part of my calendar for you. God, I'll loose that part, that thing that I had tied up that was just for me. God, I'll, I'll loose that talent, that gift for singing or that gift for giving or that gift, whatever, whatever that thing is that we, keep, that we keep tied up, right? Come on, it's about, God, I'll loose that. I'll let that animal go. Why? Because the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. There's certain things that the Lord needs. So you have something that the Lord needs. So I'm just challenging, just ask the Lord, say, God, is there anything that, that you need of me to accomplish your purpose? And he'll tell you. He may wake you up at 4 o'clock in the morning and give you a picture of him riding a donkey. Right? I don't know. But I do know, if you want to know, the more of him that you'll give you, the more of him that you give of yourself, the more of him you'll get. That's just the way it is. Be not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he reaps.